Hello and welcome to the All Things Brentford podcast. This is episode one and this is the West Ham United away preview. My name's Jay and I am joined by Cameron. How you doing, mate? Not too bad. Yourself? I'm all good. I'm all good. And today we're basically going to talk all things West Ham United away. So we're going to start off with... We'll, we'll touch on Brentford's last game quickly. Played Man City away. We lost 1-0. Erling Haaland finally scoring against the Bees. Um, Cam, I just think we played in that game. I personally think we did all right. I think we held our own. I think we were quite good, actually, until they scored the goal. What do you reckon? Yeah, I feel we... Um, I think the game plan worked almost to a T. Um, you, you can't, unfortunately, vouch for um, eyes slipping over. Um, but yeah, I thought the game plan was strong. Sat in quite deep, but then... Uh, Whistler coming back really helped us hitting them on the counter-attack with pace. Um, Flecken, again, um, I think like three weeks in a row now, he's, he's pulled up some amazing saves to keep us in the game. Can't forget Femi's clearance off the line. But it was just, it was really annoying how he conceded. But I think overall, did we deserve to, to get anything from the game? My heart's saying yes, my head said no. Um, but only to lose 1-0 away at the Etihad on a, on a sort of cold Tuesday night. Wasn't too bad, but yeah, looking forward to the next one again. Well, it was it was quite interesting actually. I don't know if you saw the um, post match press conference with Thomas, and Thomas mm. said that it was probably one of the best games we played this season, and he can take a lot of positives from that game. Obviously, West Ham coming up next, not in a great run of form. Um, do you think we can take a lot of momentum going forward into the next game? Because obviously, yeah, we're not great at the moment, but they're not great either. So. And obviously, we've got quite a good record away at West Ham. This is our third season in the Prem now. We've beaten twice away from home. So, do you think that we can go there and that result will give people a bit of an urge, give the team a bit of an urge to kick on? Yeah, I think... I don't think it'll be, be a game that neutrals would really be excited to go and watch. Um, I thought it's two teams struggling in form. Although, I think our performances. I'm not looking at us at the moment, week in, week out, going, oh, we look like a team that's sort of near the bottom. We do still play good football. Just injuries have really hindered us this season. I think luck as well. I just, like, every time um, we're playing against different teams, they just seem to get like, the bounce of the ball, um, which is which is really frustrating at the moment. Um, but, yeah, playing against West Ham away, I'm not banking on us winning, but they're in poor form. The fan base is sort of turning against fan, uh, David Moyes at the moment. So I don't think it's a it's a good place to go in terms of if you're a West Ham fan. It's not it's not that um, how it was towards the end of sort of last season. So I feel we could go there, get a result, play the same way we did against Man City, keep it tight at the back, try and hit them on the counter attack. I do think we can get a result there. No, I think exactly the same, mate. I um I think there's a lot of positives to take going into the game. Obviously, like you said only conceding one to the champions of Europe who have put multiple goals past multiple teams this season. I think the defence looked all right. It looked, but then obviously, like you said, you you can't account for a mistake like that. I think Flecken, like you said, looked very good on Yeka, although I might have given him a bit of stick in recent weeks. I think he did very well himself. Um, let me pose a question to you, right? Obviously, we'll talk a bit more about West Ham in a bit. But going into this game, right, do you think, I'm thinking who partners Tony? Do we go Wissa? Do we go Mapai? Do we give Keen Lewis Potter a go? Because my thing is, 
I think Whistle was the right decision to play against Man City because he's got a bit of pace about him. But he doesn't have that bite and that desire that Mbappé has. So what do you reckon? Who would you go with to partner Tony up front against West Ham? I think I've I've always had this opinion about Wissar. He is one of the best ever substitutes you can ever bring on in a game. I feel mm. starting him, I don't know what it is. He just as he when he comes on as a sub, he just brings that extra bit of like intensity um, to our front line. But when he starts, I don't know. It, it just takes him so long to sort of warm warm into the game. Um, having Mipai there, it is a bit painful seeing. Mipai like have so much space in front of him, but he just isn't as quick. He's not like our shade. He's not like our sort of Brian Bomo um, or our Lewis Potter um, in that instance. But I don't know. There's just something about Mipai and Tony up front. You know, two players getting in the heads of the back line, getting in the get, getting in the ref's ear. It's really entertaining as a, obviously a Brent fan to watch. Um, I think with all the controversy sort of around Kurt Zuma and like West Ham at the moment, I feel like Mipai just sticking him in there, almost like a goalkeeper being set up in the last minute for a corner just create a little bit of chaos in there mm. see what happens if not at least we can then change it for a bit of pace if we need it rather than starting with a bit of pace then it sort of dies off then we bring Mopai on I don't think that would work as well as starting Mopai and then bringing on say your Lewis Potter or your your own Wester. yeah I completely agree I think it's just a very like it's a very difficult situation for Frank because I feel like Mupai, he's been in a rich run of form. Obviously, he scored five goals in as many games this season in the Premier League. I think mm. he needs a run of games and he's he's got the momentum behind him, so he should be the one that plays. But then you've got someone like Wissa, who's just been at AFCON, who did very well at AFCON for Congo. Nobody expected him to get to the, court, the semi-final, sorry, like they did. And he did exceptionally well. And then you've got Lewis Potter, who, as we've all seen, he struggled to get his first goal. Once he got his first goal, he scored against Aston Villa, then he scored against Crystal Palace, so he's a momentum player. So, I don't know. Me personally, I'd like to see Lewis Potter up front. I really would. I'd like to see Tony and Lewis Potter. I think West Ham, defensively, they're not great. So, I'd like to see Lewis Potter give it a go. But let's move over to the east side of London now. Let's talk a little bit about West Ham. Right. Obviously, bought in Calvin Phillips in January and he's probably had one of the worst starts to a club career that he could have. I don't know what's going on. Maybe Guardiola calling him fat is still <laughs> raining over his head. So it looks like the possibility is if they play a 4-3-3, which they usually do, right, or a 4-2-3-1, it looks like it's going to be a midfield three of Alvarez, Ward-Prowse and Suchek, right, which to me screams alarm bells of Brentford, we need to outrun this midfield, right? What do you think about it? Do you think the same? Do you think there should be a surprise shout in the midfield for us to be playing? Does Onyeka deserve to go again after his great performance? Or do we bring Jensen in? Remember, we've got players like Yarmulik on the bench as well. Who are, He's young, but he's got he's bundles of energy. Who do you think should go in the midfield for Brentford against West Ham? No, I um, completely agree. I think one of Brentford's sort of key strengths is our midfield. We will run um, and we will put in challenges. So I feel Frank Onyeka... There was question marks, I think, why Jensen was sort of on the bench against Man City um, and why Onyeka started. But I can see why from Thomas Frank's point of view. Jensen, really good technician sort of on the ball. He will spray passes about. But Onyeka just gives you that sort of extra sort of 10%. Like, he will cover that distance. He will close that player down. So I feel, especially to start against West Ham, we do need that. And I feel second half, it'll be almost like a similar game plan away at the Etihad where... 
we will we will trap down. We will almost defend quite deep. I feel, um, but on midfield we'll work our socks off. I think having Norgard in there on Yeka, um I wouldn't start Yarmulik. He would definitely come on as a sub for me. Um, but again, bringing on that pace, bringing on Yarmulik and Jensen in the midfield um, would probably be the best sub he could probably make in the second half. Then you can make changes to sort of our front players. If he starts on Yeka, Yen, uh, not Jensen, on Yeka, Norgard, and oh, what do we go? What do we go for as our third sort of midfield player in there? Um, me personally, I, I, I'd I'd go Janel Jensen, Norgard. That'd be my midfield three. But... Do you know what? I feel I feel Damsgaard. Damsgaard really overlooked for starting the edge. I wasn't I wasn't his biggest fan last season. Um but since that Brighton away game when he came on um off the bench, he was the only one I thought that was really trying to create some chances for us, driving with the ball. And since then he's really kicked on. Every time he's come on, I'm like, okay, right, this is the Damsgaard that we actually tried to sign um, when we first got him. So I feel sticking Damsgaard in the mix, he will he will he's almost that ball carrier for us, which I don't think we have many ball carriers in the Brentford side. So I feel having him in there with players that can run, with players that can defend, that would probably be the best bet for me if I was going to strike. Yeah, I guess so. I think midfield is one place. Midfield's obviously where the game's won and lost. If you don't win your battles in the middle, then it's going to be a long day for you. And obviously, like I mentioned earlier, I think against Man City, we put up quite a good effort um, in the midfield. Um, yeah, I, I don't know really. I think it's going to be a very... I think, honestly, the game's going to be a very cagey game for the first 10, 15 minutes. West Ham aren't going to want to concede early. And then oh, West Ham are going to want to go out there in front of their own fans, put in a statement, you know what I mean? Whereas us, we're not going to want to concede early. And we know the Brentford way will come, sit beyond the... And that's one thing, let me throw this to you, right? I've been seeing a lot of people on Twitter, and I completely agree, right? Is I know it depends on who you're playing, and I completely understand that. Sometimes we can't... Us at Brentford, we can't go toe-to-toe with the likes of Man City, Liverpool, right? We've seen that this season. But why is it always the Brentford way to sit behind the ball, right? Invite all the... Especially away from home, by the way. Always invite all the pressure onto us, yeah? And then concede and look around and look shocked. Like, if we go into a game on the front foot, I understand you have to be respectful of the opposition. I completely understand that. But why do we always sit back on the back foot, concede a goal, and then we play the victim and we act like we shouldn't have conceded that goal, where, in essence, playing five at the back away from home and having all three midfielders behind the ball, right? We the, we shouldn't be doing that. We're too good to play that sort of football. Depend, depends who we're playing against. I think um, we started on the front foot well against Liverpool at home um, the other week. But my biggest thing is pace. At the moment, Rico being out, Aaron Hickey being out, our sort of wing players are our biggest key in terms of breaking forward to attack. Shard being out and Bremen obviously being out. We don't have pace, unfortunately. We we can't you can't play that expansive fluid flowing football consistently. That's why I feel we are really, really good sitting in deep. We've got the big men at the back. Unfortunately, obviously Pink connects out injured at the moment. But we can sit in deep and we can invite pressure. Now that we've got Tony, he is almost our out player. So as soon as we get the ball, now we can play it almost to Tony. He can then hold up the ball just to let our defence relax a little bit. So it's not like how we were before, pre-Tony, where we try and 
stick it up front to almost nobody, then we'd be defending again for the next sort of five, ten minutes. So I think now that we're sort of getting our players back from injury, um, and we're bringing in players like Lewis Potter, as you sort of mentioned before, who can bring that little bit of pace. Now we're starting to build like we were um, sort of last season, how sort of dominant we were on that counter-attack. We could sit in deep, absorb all the pressure, then hit the teams on the counter-attack. That's the way I see Brentford playing in the Premier League. Obviously, back in the Championship, we get a chance every two minutes, do you know what I mean? Um, just because we were that strong. Now we're in the Premier League, we don't have that luxury. So I feel, as a smaller team anyway, we have to sit back behind the ball. We can do that well. We do defend well as a unit. We are just missing, unfortunately, at the moment, just that pace to break quickly or to keep hold of the ball. So I'm not stressing at the moment. There's obviously a lot of teams below us who are worse. Um, yeah, so I'm not fretting about going down. We are just missing uh, those players that were key for us last season. As I said, like Ricky Henry got a massive miss for us um, down that left side. But yeah, once, once we get the sort of pace back and that attacking threat back to sort of um, support Tony, then I think we'll, we'll sort of kick on again. Yeah, I, I I understand, I agree, but I also disagree in a way that I think that we, we've we established ourselves enough in the Premier League now where teams know, like, well, even, I think it was Guardiola said the other day, or Klopp said that Brentford's a team that you hate playing against, right? Because mm. we're so strong, but a team like West Ham away, right? Would you not rather, the lineups come out an hour before kickoff, would you not rather see us try and go to a four at the back play a 4-3-3 and then have a front three of Wissart, Tony and Lewis Potter, right? And then if all shit hits the fan, right, if it hits the fan, then we can revert back and go to a, a back five or whatever Thomas loves to play. I just think it's so frustrating to watch as well because we're, for example, against Man City, right? And I know I know, I shouldn't really compare Brentford to Chelsea but because Chelsea spent a lot of money, right? Nearly a billion pounds. But the reason Chelsea, right, got anything out of that game, right, is because when they got the ball, they hit them on the counter-attack. And we did that in the first half. We hit them on the counter-attack well. Obviously, Onyeka had that great chance against Man City. But we're talking about Man City here. We're talking about players like John Stones, Ruben Diaz, Carl Walker, Akanji, Edison, Roger, we're talking about some of the best players in the world here. West Ham, we're not looking at that sort of calibre at all, right? So my my point is, right, why not just try and overload them? Let's win the ball in the midfield. Let's get the ball up high. Let's hit the channels, right? And let's make these fullbacks talk. Let's be honest, we can put Tony up front by himself and he's going to do the business. Tony's one of the best strikers in the Prem. Maybe some may argue one of the best in the world, right? So, but... I don't know, I just think it's a bit frustrating for me because I feel like we have, especially against a team like West Ham, right, yes, we've got long struggling fixtures coming up. We've got Arsenal soon, we've got Chelsea soon, but we've also got Luton, Sheffield United, Fulham. Like, we've got games as well where we can go and play that expansive football. And I just think having a five at the back is so negative. But anyway, moving on to swiftly and shortly... Let's talk about the defence. Obviously, in recent weeks, our defence has come under a lot of criticism. Mainly, two players, Mads Roloslev and Ben Mee, coming under a lot of criticism. Some people saying Roloslev isn't good enough for the, to play in the Prem for us. right? And Ben Mee maybe getting on a little bit, maybe be a bit too old. 
right? Do you think this is down to the formation we're playing? Do you think it's down to just maybe because Brentford are in a bad run of form, they're not really looking great? What do you think about the whole situation? First of all, I want to say how much of a miss Ethan Pinnock's been. Um, past two weeks, you, you, you can tell instantly um, that we're missing the likes of him. Tall, can play over his feet, can win, can win headers sort of in the box, which is for the style that we play, especially defensively, when teams have possession, he is so key for us. Um, ben Mee, I love Ben Mee. Um, I think not only does does his experience come into effect, obviously playing um, in the Premier League um, for a number of year, number of years before he sort of came to us, but he also just get that crowd involved as well. Like I love it every time he's like making a tackle, making an interception. It sort of just gets the crowd going. That helps as well. Um, I've got no issues with Ben Lee. Um, yes, he he is getting on a bit, but I still think like I, I do feel safe with Ben Lee at the back. Um, Nathan Collins, Christopher Eyes come under a little bit of scrutiny on um, sort of in the past few weeks. I'm still solid with him. Um, look, look, a slip, it was raining Tuesday night, proper tie from our Arsenal fan TV here. It was raining. He did slip. Yes, it's unfortunate. But again, I on the ball, he will drive for you. He will drive the ball up the pitch, um, which especially for like a sort of centre-back, slash sort of wing-back whenever Thomas Frank wants to play him there. He will ball carry for us, even though it looks a bit sort of strange seeing Chris R um, on the wing. He will ball carry and he will try and um, create chances by playing into the midfield or playing into the channels. Um, but yeah, Roslev is a difficult one. He's stepping into some massive shoes um, with obviously Rika Henry and Aaron Hickey being out. Um, yeah. I'm almost going to leave it on that. I don't want to. I don't want to analyse too deep into that. But yeah, I just think for him, he'd almost be like a little whistle, you know. I would. I wouldn't mind him coming off um, onto the bench, getting sort of the last sort of twenty, twenty-five minutes of the game because I, I don't think he's he's that bad to never get on the pitch. I think he's still a good footballer. Um, does put in a shift. I just think when we're looking to sort of create chances out wide with the link-up play. I don't think he's really gelling as much as you like to your Ricos, your, your Hickeys, and even to be fair, your Sergio Regulons. And when when he's come back, I don't know, I don't know what your opinions are of him, but I think he's been pretty solid for us. I've been speaking to a few Tottenham fans, and they've always been saying to me, "Look, when when he gives the ball away, when he makes a mistake, you'll be saying, oh, why have we signed him?'" At the moment, I think he's he's put in a very good shift for us. I don't know what your thoughts are about him joining the club. Um, I think he's been alright, don't get me wrong. There's definitely that standard there. You can tell he's been at United for the first half of the season. He's been at Tottenham before. He's definitely that player that is completely that calibre above. But mm. I don't think he's been great. But like, I think he's been alright. You know what frustrates me the, the most is he, he likes to give the ball away a lot. And I don't know whether that's because he likes to try the out balls. He likes to try the balls that maybe the other fullbacks in our team won't try. But yeah, I don't know. I I guess it's still early days. He's only played, what, four or five games for us. So, I guess we'll, only time will tell. But going on to Rodoserve quickly, like, I hear, don't get me wrong, I hear it right. He's not your Aaron Hickey. He's not a Rico Henry, and I completely understand that. But we're at that stage now where we have no other option. One thing we failed to do in January was back up, buy back up, right? 
One thing we also failed to do in the summer was make sure we had two players in every position. And especially at fullback, we knew we were struggling when Rollis Lev would have to play left back, Godos would have to play right back. We knew that we were going to struggle. So, am I Rollis biggest fan? No. Do I think he's a good player? I think he's all right. He's average. I think he could play decent level championship if he really wanted to. But my biggest thing is he's, even games where he would be uncomfortable, he's he's got no choice. He has to play. He has to do it. And come next season, will we have a different right-back playing? Who knows? And you've got to remember, he's only young as well. So, I guess only time will tell. Uh, let's um, let's move away from Brentford-West Ham a little bit. Um, obviously, this is the preview for the game. But we'll come back to it in a little bit. Obviously, it came out the other day. Yesterday, actually, I think that Matthew Benham is looking to sell, um, I think it's majority shares in the club, £400 million. Obviously, he'll still have um, shares within the club, but he's looking to sell the majority. Um, it's looking like the Americans are going to come in. I just want to hear your thoughts quickly. on What are your thoughts on Americans <laughs> coming to England and running football clubs? Obviously, we've got Todd Bowley across the river, right? We've got the Glazers. We've got uh, the guys at Liverpool. Do you think this could be a good thing for Brentford? Um, it's it's difficult to branch Americans in one big bubble, um, especially as owners. I don't think we can do that. Um, I think it's more people. Obviously, no names have come out yet. Um, I haven't really looked too deep into this. I think you're you're more sort of knowledgeable. On this than me. It's a tough one. Matthew Benham's been our owner for a good number of years. He's taken us literally from the League Two to the League One to the Premier League. You've seen the progression, you've seen the rise of Brentford. Um, and as a fan, obviously, growing up watching us play like League One, League Two football, you've seen every single season there's, there's been a progression or there's been like an end goal. Him stepping down almost into or not being the majority shareholder. Is a bit scary for me, and I feel like a few Brent fans might feel the same as me. Bringing in a sort of like an unknown, an American, sort of like a foreign investor, doesn't really understand the club, where we've been. Yes, you can read it on a sheet of paper, but I think it's a lot different. You and me can, can sort of relate to that as like fans that sort of go week in, week out. Um, I don't know. I think, I think anyone that comes in, it's tough. They've got to be willing to obviously spend money, but the values of the club have still got to be there. I don't think we can be this team that just instantly sort of changes our philosophy or, or what we do because you don't want to spend loads of money like like a Ted Bowley and, and look where Chelsea are um, at the moment. So it's it's a weird one. I hope we get it right. Um, obviously, the um, people behind the scenes, I'm sure, the way Brentford set up, um, with like Phil Glass, for example, I don't think he'll he'll take anyone on board that isn't in line with the club so that side of things I'm more confident about but yeah just it's, it's more like that unknown um, something different Brentford we're not used to money let, uh, let's be honest so yeah time will tell time will tell yeah I think there's a lot of like obviously a lot of Brentford fans are having a laugh on Twitter saying roll on the Saudis you know what I mean whatever your opinions on um, what goes on on that side of the world 
like everyone's like taking the mix saying haha bring on the Saudis Brentford are the next PSG Newcastle but um one thing is actually quite interesting um Benham said that well he hasn't come out and said himself but Sky News were reporting that it's going to be worth 400 million pounds so just to put that on a scale um we are worth four Declan Rices and two Kylian Mbappes so yeah you know what I mean? So maybe, maybe, never know. Maybe we'll see Mbappe play for Brentford in the future if the Saudis come in. But let's just head back to the game quickly. Right. I want to talk more about head to head. All right. Because West Ham at the moment, they are currently in. They're in the Europa League at the moment. They're through to the knockout stages. They got through. They've got European football on their mind, right? They've obviously got the likes of Antonio, Kudus, Alvarez, Ariola, Emerson. Like, they've got a decent few, decent bunch of players, right? Do you think, do you look at West Ham and think that is where I want Brentford in a few years? Like, obviously, let's not, let's, we're not going to take the mick here. West Ham. Right, they've got a sixty thousand seater stadium. I think they've won a European Cup this year. They're in the Europe. They've been in Europe in the, for the past three seasons. Can we look at West Ham? Maybe not what goes on behind the scenes, but look at the progress they've made and think. Because yeah, I I think it's something Brentford could definitely do. I'd love me personally. I'll take an FA Cup in my lifetime if I can die and Brentford have won something. Then I'm happy. But do you think we can look at West Ham and think, yeah, that's what we want to be like in the future? What do you mean? We won, we won like League Two, didn't we? Oh, bloody! No, um, I'm talking about like win something like a European trophy, maybe get a Carabao Cup and FA Cup. No, I, I mean, me as a very sort of pessimistic Brentford fan, I was happy with the with what's us lift the playoff trophy. Um, but no, um, West Ham. Your Crystal Palaces, your Brightons, there's so many sort of teams in and around us where there's almost different avenues to go to. Do you go really safe to be the Crystal Palace that will stay up sort of every season, have some good players, but won't really kick on from there? Do you go down sort of the Aston Villa route, bring in a big name manager? Yes, obviously, Aston Villa have got a past compared to sort of Little Old Brentford, if you want to call us that. Then you've got obviously the Brightons, who have basically had the same sort of pathway as us. I have always said this, that Brighton are almost four, four or five years ahead of Brentford, um, in a way. Um, but I, I like what we're doing at the moment. Yes, um, we're new. It's like a third season in the Premier League. No need to rush anything, because you could almost do similar to what Swansea City did. Had some good players, did really well. Um, won, the, won the Capital Cup. Uh, well, what was it called back then? The, um, the Capital Cup. One Cup. Yeah, I think Capital you're right. Capital One Cup. Um, but then you, you saw the decline. No money was spent, sold off all the good players, and then they went down, essentially. So do you take that risk? Do you try and juggle playing in Europe? Because um, imagine, you know, how at the end of last season, we were almost like, oh, right, if, if we win this game, this game, this game, and hopefully a few teams got points, we could get into like the Conference League. Imagine us during like December... Travelling to, to God knows where in the Europa League, uh, Conference League, we wouldn't know what to do. I think we really struggle if we were playing in Europe this season, sort of juggling both Premier League and um, Europe. So I think at the moment, no need to stress. 
consolidate ourselves, see how the start of next season goes, then that's where I think our expectations should rise, almost as a fan base and as a club. Yeah. I know, I know behind the scenes that is somewhere we, like, we, where we want to go. We, we do want to play sort of European football, but let's not rush it yet. Let's not sort of jump in, into the deep end just yet. Do you think, obviously, we can write European football off this season? Because um, unless bloody miracle happens, then that's never going to happen. But do you think, like, it wouldn't be a good thing for Brentford to aim for Europe? Look at look at West Ham, for example. West Ham have won the Conference League last year, right, after Jared Bowen scored. They're now in the Europa League. They've been in the Europa League for a few years now. Do you not think that helps them attract players like Kudus and them sort of players that maybe Brentford don't have to pull? Like, Obviously, we know the whole drama with we were linked with Noosa from Club Bruges, right? Came to Brentford. Everything looked like it was done. Looked like he was going to sign on the dotted line. Go back to Bruges for the rest of the season. Join us in the summer. Then turns out he's got dodge, he's got poppadoms for knees, right? So, and now we've signed a Brazilian from Club Bruges. I'm not quite sure on his name. Who looks quite good, to be fair. He's only, what, 22? And he scored 16 goals this season. But do you not think that, obviously, I'm not stupid, like I've said, I know that we're not going to get Europe this year. But eventually, if we do get into Europe, it will help us gather them players like West Ham have done. No, 100%. I think Europe is the next goal for us. Obviously, in the Championship, getting to the Premier League is a goal for us. But if you look at it, almost when we were back in the Championship, our first season, we got into playoffs, played against Middlesbrough. Would we then, if we got up to the Premier League, Obviously, still being at Griffin Park, which, by the way, I would have loved just one game in the Premier League <laughs> and at Griffin Park. But did we have the team then to compete in the Premier League? No. Even though in my head, I'm trying to, I'm trying to defend ourselves like back in the day with like Greg on the wing, Jota, um, and all those players. But let's not rush European football yet. Still be successful in the league. That doesn't mean we almost do like a Crystal Palace or an Everton where we just struggle. Be consistent in the Premier League. Consolidate ourselves. Build up the players so that we can almost juggle between right European team sheet compared to like a Premier League team sheet, for example, rather than just playing the exact same team Thursday, Saturday, Thursday, Saturday. In the end, absolutely. I think we've built a modern stadium. Yes, it's not massive, but it's a modern stadium which can host, obviously, European football. Um, but yeah, my thing is just don't rush it yet. Um, and depends again. Depends how we start next season. Yes, we're nowhere near European football this season. Um, next season depends who we bring in the summer, who we obviously let go. European football could be on the cards, but yeah, just going back to that point, I really care. Teams don't rush. Third season in, don't panic. All right. Before we wrap this first podcast up, I've got a few questions. Who, let's go through it, back to, back and forth. Who would we like to see start? Obviously, I'm sure like you, Flecken will start in goal. Yeah. Are we going with a back four or are we going with a back three? I go I go back three. You think? Especially away from home, Monday night. Um, not in the greatest of form. I think stick to the same game plan. As, as All right. We'll, go, we'll start on the left wing back. Regalon, no... Very yep. on back right back three, three centre halves. I would like us Collins, me, Ayer. 
Yeah. Right wing back, Roloslev. Yeah. Yeah. Um, midfield three. Obviously, Norgard's guaranteed in there. Captain Fantastic. My favourite ever Brentford player, by the way. Let me just throw that out there. I love him so much. Maybe, maybe not. Yeah, you know what? I'm, I've said it now, so I've got to stick with it. He's my favourite ever Brentford player. Right, so Norgard in the, in the six, let's say. Are you putting Jensen in there? No. Who are you going I'm with? Not. I'm not. I'm, I'm going to stick with my guns. Yaker and Damsgaard around Norgard. Really? I'm going yeah. now. I'm going different. I'm going Jensen, Janel and... Um, Norgard in midfield. And then obviously we've got the front too. We had that little chat earlier. Me, I'm going Tony and KLP. Really? Yeah, I think we need... I think Keenan... Keenan, yeah, it's got to be Keenan. Bring Mopar off the bench. Bring Whistler on the bench. Then we're calm. Yeah, I mean, again, like this, for me, if that, if that was a team sheet, I wouldn't crumble with that. I feel... I don't know... Tony and Mipai, just just to start the game, that'd be a very interesting watch. I feel personally, if it doesn't work, at least then we can bring on the pace. Like we said at the, sort of the start of this podcast, starting with pace. If it doesn't work, we're in trouble. Starting without pace, then if it doesn't work, right now let's sort of bring people in and around Tony, like your Lewis Potters, like your Whissers. That will harm West Ham a lot more. I feel sort of towards the end of the game rather than right at the start because again it will be a cagey game so pace in behind I don't think that that will be the option later on in the game absolutely when both teams are sort of fighting for it um, that's sort of when I think Frank should bring on sort of the pace of the team alright last two questions I'm going to ask you alright first question I know you hate doing this and like you said you're probably the most pessimistic Brentford fan I know score prediction and who's going to score? We will concede. Um, I'm going to go. I'm going to go two on Brentford. Uh-huh. I wouldn't have said that before the City game, but I'm going to go two on Brentford. I feel we will score first, early doors. Who's going to score it? It's got to be Tony. I think it'll be a scrappy goal, something off the set piece, pinball around the box. He'll get a goal. Then we'll concede. Then I think then we'll bring on the pace. Then we'll try and hit them towards um, the end of the game. Who's going to get the goal though? I feel like Yoan West is going to do it again. You reckon? Run it back, yellow kit. That's <laughs> at the stadium. Run it back, two one. I I think mm, me personally, I think two 0 bees. I think. If my lineup is the way it goes, I think KLP scores the first. Second, man, I miss. You. I I want a Jensen goal, man. I really want it. So I'm gonna go KLP and yeah. And last question, Cam, before we wrap this first episode up, which I think's been really enjoyable, right? What minute, right? If if your prediction's right and Mupai starts, what minute is Neil Mupai gonna get booked? Get booked. Um, is the pre-match warm-up on the cards? No. Nah. Nah, um, <laughs> We're going... <laughs> what, what I'm going to say... Do you know what? I want to say something like the 18th minute. 18th? 18th minute. 18th. 18th. I'm going... I'll go with... 
I'll go with thirtieth. And then we can run back on this when we do the when we do the match. Uh what we thought about the match, then we can revisit it then. Um thank you. Thank you so much for listening and watching, whether you're on YouTube, whether you're listening somewhere else. Thank you for listening to the All Things Brentford podcast. Cameron, it's been great, mate. Why would you think yeah, that first episode went? It's all right, any time, mate. Entertaining, yeah. And on Sunday, there'll be what we thought about the match, a match reaction. Thank you and good night.